0: A Highline Podcast. No normal people. my friends. (laughs) And welcome back to No Normal People. I'm your host, Stephen Henning.
1: Oopsie doopsie, your host, Dixie the Doopsie. No, my name's Dixie Lee Henning.
0: Yep. It sure is. And this is a show <laughs> where we prove that the more you get to know the normal people in your life, you discover that there really are no normal people in your life. Yep. And turns out there's enough of those for us that-
1: That we can consistently make episodes without, without you delay.
0: just forget that you host a different <laughs> podcast.
1: <laughs> sometimes- <laughs> Dang it. You start a podcast and you're like, yeah, this will Let's be do easier. this during a pandemic. And then-, and then
0: Which works. And then
1: you, and then you run out of humans to talk to.
0: No, we haven't even done that. It's just we ran out of time. We have to blame
1: them. It's not our fault.
0: Time and energy.
1: (laughs) It's their fault.
0: Nope, I reject that as a (laughs) metaphysical option.
1: Okay, I think it's your fault.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Okay, (laughs) I'll take that. So do I. No, 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 not your fault. I mean the people.
0: So we've definitely been busy, though, in the meantime. We're sorry that I don't think we gave you an episode at all in October. Happy Halloween. (laughs) Whoops. Uh, Happy Thanksgiving in two days. Whoops. That will be a great holiday. We're hosting family. We're hosting the fam. I'm just going to
1: say whoops through this entire thing. Whoops.
0: Okay. You should say more than whoops because I want to talk about your new old new show, Authors Intent.
1: Whoops. Okay. Yeah.
0: We have certainly heard a trailer for. Sure. And we're back, baby. Yeah. Hunger um, Games?
1: Stop. It's my podcast. Go for it. Let me explain it. I'm all in. Do you guys like books? Yeah. I'll oh, wait. No, shh. I need to wait for them to answer.
0: I'll speak for them.
1: No. Shh. Oh, you don't like books? No, well, I do. No, I'm talking to them.
0: <laughs> Who are them? <laughs> the we're alone listening. in this room.
1: The people listening. Okay. Okay, let me ask again. Do you like books? You don't? Well, that's unfortunate. You won't like this podcast. It's called Author's Intent.
0: Okay, cool. I like this. <laughs> this is the marketing strategy where you define who should not...
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you don't like thing. books, um, I'm sorry that you're an uncultured meathead. That's not true. Maybe you don't know how to read. I don't know. How old are you? Anyway... If you like books and you like books that are made into movies, then Author's Intent is probably an okay podcast to listen to.
0: I learned things about The Beauty and the Beast that I hoped I would never would have learned.
1: Yeah? Did you like it?
0: I just worded bad.
1: Yeah, words are hard.
0: I word bad sometimes.
1: Sometimes. You know. (laughs) Anyway, so I started this podcast a while ago and then I stopped it. Kind of like how we just stopped making episodes for this show. Um and then out of the ether came the idea to start making episodes for it again. Yep. So now author's intent is a thing again.
0: Also much like this one.
1: Yeah, very much like this one. Like let's um, go. So I started with the Hunger Games. Yep. Uh went through the first book. I believe there's two episodes. That
0: one. there's three episodes, three episodes yeah. for
1: the hunger games uh just finished going through beauty and the beast there's two episodes for that one we're taking a break off we <laughs> it's me i'm taking a break off for thanksgiving <laughs> and then the next episode to come out will be about sleeping beauty
0: sweet we have another show that joined the highline family over th- since yep. we've been on accidental hiatus and that's whoops killer's couch
1: see the whoops works
0: so i had Mr. Keller Paulson as a guest on No Normal. I say I because you weren't in on that interview. You know
1: what? Just jump up because you own had a butt. migraine. Yeah, it's um, true. It so a Keller lot.
0: Paulson came on our show, and he and I started talking a lot more. And then I was like, "Hey, man! Hey, you're cool. You should join us on Highline.
1: Hey, you have a podcast.
0: You're cool." And he probably does interviews better than us. Maybe. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, because we got interviewed by him, so yeah. I can definitively say he's a better interviewer than us. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so go listen to Keller's Couch, new on the Highline Network. You've certainly heard a trailer it's for dope. that as well. It is dope. Uh, the uh the season premiere, premiere where he premieres on on the high in the Highline Group. Um,
1: it's me. Interviews
0: you and me. No, it's me. That was a great time. It's that was true. very fun. It was very fun. We talk about all our. Projects and podcasts and art and writing and yeah, talking about growing up in high school and stuff. Yeah, you and me making out all that good. Yeah,
1: fun times. So. We're gonna go do that later.
0: So we are back. Um, <laughs> other updates. Let's see. The no normal people coffee blend has been rebranded as the Highline blend.
1: Unbranded and so then
0: rebranded. Exact same coffee up on the Highline Network merch store. Mm-hmm. Roasted by our friend Gary. Uh who's amazing Gary. and is like an award winning coffee roaster. Yeah. Roastist? Nope. It's nope. a roaster. Why did I think that was a word?
1: I because I don't it's know. Very silly. Maybe it's a roastisserie. Very
0: oh. Like a
1: rotisserie, but for not chicken.
0: That's fun. Anyway. Any other updates we should give? No. Uh, I think we should talk about today's guest.
1: My friend.
0: Elise Young. It's my friend. Your friend. Okay. Not Steven's friend. It's today's guest. It's and, my friend. Okay. I agree,
1: guys. She had the best Halloween costume. I'm kind of upset that we didn't release her episode before Halloween.
0: Yeah, she she wore a mask. It was and, so good. And then put she a was bald Voldemort. Cap on.
1: She was Voldemort. You guys, it was
0: very powerful. She's
1: fantastic. She works for like Milk or something,
0: something like that. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and she's like seven feet tall she and beautiful.
0: Is six feet tall. Yeah, seven well, feet tall is a bit much. Okay,
1: but like when you're under. Six feet, like significantly under six feet. Sure. Anything over
0: six, like
1: five ten. Oh, is that's how like you're seven feet tall. Okay, yeah, that's why I'm, you're not seven feet. Tall. I'm
0: seven feet tall. No, you? you're five ten. Oh, <laughs> it's exact until it's not. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: If you're if you're any taller than than five ten, you're seven feet tall.
0: Right. <laughs> so, Elise Young on the podcast, she is a fantastic photographer and videographer. Yep studying in some school in kentucky oh gosh i'm the details are slipping <laughs> on me
1: um uh, do you like milk uh she
0: manages content for dairy gold dude
1: if you've seen a video for dairy gold <laughs> if you've seen a video on tiktok or, or instagram, instagram there is a very good chance that elise made it
0: yep very good work and
1: she's beautiful and majestic. doing a lot of communication about
0: sustainability in yeah. the dairy market she's which majestic is
1: fun. like a unicorn
0: yeah, she is fantastic. We met her when her and Josh came to Billings. Yep. Back in oh my gosh, was that also September? September. Yeah, that's probably what we this took is a break from <laughs> making the. So here's the thing: is you're Whoopsie gonna listen doopsie. to this interview with Elise, and you're gonna understand why after we met her, we had to take a full like two months off of no normal people just to like recover from the awesome.
1: It's kind of like when we released Josh's episode. Honestly, like what? we recorded it, and then like oh my months later. We release the first this, episode.
0: This this is very true. So <laughs> this is very good. So history
1: repeats itself.
0: Without ado, without well, further with, ado, with,
1: oh my with God. ado,
0: I'm much so ado about Elise. Out of practice,
1: uh, can we rename the episode to "Much Ado About Elise"?
0: I word so bad.
1: <laughs> anyway, without further ado,
0: Dixie's much ado friend, about Elise. This is Dixie's friend Elise. Yep, not my friend. Nope she's not my friend Get your
1: own she's a good get your own friend josh
0: is my friend then
1: okay fine you can have him deal this is how we
0: wait what are we planning (laughs) this is how we get our friends in the divorce (laughs)
1: exactly (laughs) i get elise you get josh Oh, that's terrible
0: we are going to get started with rapid fire questions these are either or from the gut no need to overthink them too much are you ready elise i'm ready Are you task-oriented or people-oriented?
2: People-oriented.
0: Handshakes or hugs? Hugs. Cats or dogs?
2: Dogs, for sure.
0: Laundry or dishes?
2: Laundry forever.
0: Forever. (laughs) (laughs) Instagram or Twitter?
2: Instagram.
0: Homebody or free spirit?
2: Somewhere in between. I used to be a free spirit, but the pandemic might have changed me a little bit.
0: Spender or saver?
2: I'm a spender, but a saver at heart.
0: You wish you saved more? Is that kind of I the... I wish.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I like to think I have more money in my bank account than uh, I do.
0: Right. There's some idealism there, of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's great. Do you call it soda or pop?
2: Soda. Absolutely.
0: Books or movies?
2: I prefer books, but I watch more movies. Introvert or extrovert? Absolutely an extrovert.
0: Okay. Well, that was the rapid fire. We're going to do icebreakers now. These are more open-ended, just like fun, get to know you questions. We will start with what was your first pet? Um, I
2: had three pets. I had a dog named Ginger, uh, a dog that I don't, oh, Pepper, that was her name. And then there was a cat named Marcus and the cat. The, so one of the dogs, Pepper, and died uh, the same day the cat disappeared. Oh. And my parents had me convinced as a child, like all through childhood, that the dog ate the cat. Oh, no. Um, oh, no. But really we lived in the desert and the cat just like wanted to be free. Yeah. Oh wow! That's what happened to yeah. my cat.
1: That's yeah. I had a cat named Socks. She would like meet me at the bus stop when I'd get home from school, and one day she just didn't come oh. to the bus
0: stop. Oh no.
2: <laughs> no!
1: And I never saw her
2: again. <laughs> she lived forever. Yep. She's right. still yeah. She's out still there.
1: alive. She's living in in a cave in the Superstition
2: Mountains. Spirited away.
0: Right. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Gosh what is a smell that takes you back to a good memory in your childhood?
2: I don't know why, but there's like certain scents, like the Trader Joe's peony candle smells like my grandma <laughs> and I bought it once and I had to get rid of it. Cause I was like, I can't burn this in my apartment, but she lived in this super seventies house in Southern California. And I would spend like three weeks every summer with her. So it always throws me back to, uh, Being stuck there eating York Mint patties and microwaved quesadillas. Mm. Wow. The life.
0: Yeah. That's a vibe right there. Yeah. What is your absolute favorite meal?
2: Oh, well, it used to be shrimp. And then I became allergic.
0: Oh, no. (gasps) Um, Shrimp betrayed you.
2: That was the worst betrayal of 2020. I think... (laughs) Like I used to, I would have said pad thai with shrimp, but now I would probably say anything Italian, Italian food forever. That is the correct mm. answer.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What is your favorite morning drink? Coffee. Coffee. How do you like it Any prepared? Kind. You're in Seattle, so you have to be pretty fancy with oh. it, right?
2: Well, okay. I did buy a Keurig out of laziness uh, this week.
0: I, we're, um, we're all in on the Keurig. Yeah, we will we, not judge at yeah. all.
2: I spent $12 a day on coffee and I realized that was not That's in my budget. That's too much. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's the spender versus um,
0: saver question right there.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, saved. That's I think my my coffee habit will save me in a week by mm-hmm. having a Keurig. Yeah, um, yeah. But I like a good like cold foam, nitro mm, cold foam. Yes. From mm-hmm. Starbucks. I need everyone. I need like good coffee places to have nitro and yes. like cold foam now so I can have like an elevated version.
0: What are foods, I guess shrimp excluded now, because we've answered this question, but what are foods you will never eat?
2: I try not to say never. I I really don't like to say never, because I hated olives for the longest time. <laughs> and a, a Turkish guy recently convinced me to try a different type of olive, and mm-hmm. I loved it. Mm. And I've had everything from like goat's brain What to, I haven't had chicken feet yet, but like if you offer it to me, I'm a people pleaser, so I'll probably say yes. I hope no one ever right on. offers
1: you chicken feet. I'm she just, wants to try I'm just, it though. I'm just like that sounds terrible. It sounds
2: less terrifying than brain. I guess that's,
1: that's fair, I guess.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> what what is the worst fashion trend you've ever participated in?
2: I've like thought about this question a lot because I participate in everything. I'm all about it. I, mm-hmm. I really think there isn't such thing as a worst fashion trend. Maybe cargo shorts. But even <laughs> wow. Then, wow. even cargo pants, like yeah. if you see like the old Beyonce videos oh, where she's like, wearing, oh my gosh, with the camo tank top. Yeah. I'm like, okay, is, I could do that. Yeah. Everything. I think there's no such thing as a bad anything Beyonce wears. Okay. Yeah, everything is good in the moment. She you can know? she could wear a trash
1: bag and everybody would be like, Yeah, that's this is yeah. this is the epitome of style. Right. <gasps>
2: exactly.
0: <laughs> is there anything like looking back through old photos of yourself, you're like, oof. I did wear that oh, once, you know?
2: Absolutely. But like I thought it was the best. But you're um, still into it, yeah. <laughs> I'm into the ever changing like self embarrassment. Like I had Tiger Stripe highlights i think those looked terrible Mm, yeah but i felt like the coolest seventh grader
0: what is your biggest pet peeve
2: dad driving maybe
1: (laughs) rude drivers yep Mm -hmm. i'm the kind of person where if someone's like writing my tail i will slow down
2: yeah i I will will break check people i will if
1: it's like a 25 i will go 15 don't (laughs) freaking try me Brand, like no, (laughs) (laughs) Bruce,
2: yeah,
0: Yeah.
1: Chad. I see your truck. It's humongous. Okay, I'm not going any faster. Yeah, (laughs) she
0: does. She does that, and I'm riding passenger. Just like, can we please just go the speed limit? Just ignore them, please. Move on. It's impossible.
2: (laughs) Oh, the oh yeah, yeah.
0: All right, next question. Do you have a favorite failure? Maybe something that set you up for a success in the future or taught you a lesson that has stuck with you?
2: Yeah, I I think for me, I just did so poorly in school until college. Like, mm. I failed so many classes. I didn't have, like, good friendships or anything. I just was like, everything was so bad that mm. everything since has been awesome. <laughs> like, I did so well in college. I was, like, the president's list. I graduated at the top of my class. Mm. I, like, met good humans and people that I could choose to be friends with. And mm. I think high school in general was, like, the best failure that right. I would never, like, to revisit, you know? Same. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Five years of it, baby. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, they let me They let me out. My My math teacher, my senior year, I was already, like, in like a and a younger math class because i had already failed math and my teacher at the end of my test, I knew that I didn't know any of it. And I went up and handed her my test, was about to cry. She gives me a hug and a cupcake she made. Oh my for god. Me. And is like, no matter what, you will be graduating. And I was like, That's oh my God. Literally, my math teacher, I mean, she didn't give me a
1: cupcake, and now I'm a little upset that she didn't. Come on, Miss Wright. But geez. like come on, Miss Wright. But she literally I went in to take my final for my math test, my second senior year. And she was like, You got an A please leave
2: (laughs) like i didn't even take
1: the test she was like if you take this test you're going to fail and you're not going to graduate
2: so you passed
0: Mm.
2: incredible (laughs) Miss right yeah the teachers who know that like you're not going to go into this field are the best yep yep they just let you live it's very clear
0: elise who would you call your best friend
2: my best friend i have a few one of my best friends actually got married last weekend Oh, cool. And I was the maid of honor in her wedding. Congratulations. Uh, best friend. Yes. That was good. Lauren, Laura Matheson. And then there's Lauren Nolan, who is like, she literally is living her New York, New York dream. Like, you know the person who like lives in the big apartment and has an impossible expectations for everybody else moving to New York? Yeah. Mm. That's her. That's She cool. like went blonde and is like all about fashion <laughs> and got the job and the boy and the everything and like She's just living the dream. That's cool. Wow! Yeah. Way to go, Lauren. Very yeah. nice. Other yeah. Lauren. Yeah. Yeah. Shout <laughs> out the whole squad.
0: Shout out th- the Laurens.
2: I think it's a girl thing, and I I feel like everyone on your podcast is like my husband. Yeah. But like, I don't. I mean, Josh is wonderful. He's not my husband. But like, a lot of girls my age have just like their their crew. Yep. And I have like five best best friends, and they're all Laurens. So. Well, they're almost all Lauren's. It wasn't the same Lauren; I just cloned her
1: five times. I knew it. They're all goats. No.
2: Oh Oh, no, it was a sheep. Yeah, it was a sheep. Yeah.
0: That's so good. Well, do you want to shout them all out while we're here?
2: I'll shout them out because I don't want any of them to like be left out. Well, see, you know how cool it feels to be
0: shout out on the show, right? So you
2: shouted me out when I bought coffee, and I like almost. Died. Yeah. Um, don't die. Don't die. You need oh, to buy don't more worry. coffee. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> you're right. Um, Lauren, Laura, Jen. I would say they're the three, the trio, the main core humans that like, if I get married someday, they all expect to be the maid of honor, but right. will not be. Oh,
0: That's, yeah. I get right.
2: that. They'll have to fight each other.
0: Um, when you were little, what did you tell people you wanted to be when you grew up?
2: So I don't think I had any aspirations as like a tiny child. I would say early 2000s, very into extreme sports. <laughs> I think that was just the vibe of the time. Right. Mm, yeah. Rollerblading, oh, wakeboarding, yes. snowboarding, surfing. I tried it all. It was terrible at all of it.
1: I skateboarded. Yeah. I was a board
2: board girl.
0: You were one of those. Yeah.
2: yeah. I was convinced. I was like, I'm a tomboy.
1: I miss it sports. sometimes. And then I remember that, like, I've had knee surgery and, like, that would just be
0: bad. Yeah. It might be dangerous.
2: <laughs> like my feet on solid ground. Right. Yeah.
0: Right. <laughs> yes. Um, and then. So you think you weren't that aspirational, but you were pretty into extreme sports.
2: Very. Yeah. And then very into interior design in middle school. <laughs> I would, like, oh. be, pl- I would be at the basketball games, like, on the sidelines, like, drawing my future apartment. That's adorable. Wow. Does it look mm-hmm. anything like Cur- those drawings now? Yeah. Uh, absolutely not. I do not have a slide through my seven-story house. Oh, come on. Man. I only have an apartment.
0: The architecture (laughs) dreams of middle schoolers, (laughs) man.
2: Yes, a tunnel under the pool.
0: Very good. Very good. Okay, well, that's the end of Rapid Fire and Icebreaker. Elise Young, thank you so much for being on the podcast. We are so glad you're here. Delighted.
2: I'm excited to be here.
0: Let's start at the very beginning. Will you tell me about... Where you grew up and what your family was like growing up.
2: Yeah. Um I was born in Reno, Nevada. Um, lived in the desert for a hot second, have almost zero memories. Literal hot Um, second. Mm -hmm. Well, and a cold second. We got a lot of snow. Oh, really? Yeah. Went back once. We left when I was three, but we went back once when I was six. I remember Circus Circus. Um but we moved to Seattle when I was a tiny child. Grew up, my parents worked a ton. Um, My mom is like badass business lady, and my dad was a land surveyor, like super hardworking, always covered in like blackberry bush scratches, and just like <laughs> the world's like gnarliest dude. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember a ton of my childhood or even high school, to be honest. I think it was not always the easiest raising. Um, my family and I had a lot of differences and a lot of issues. My parents, I don't know that they ever wanted to have kids, mm. but oh, then they did. They got married in the 70s. Nice. And they didn't have us until the 90s. Wow. So Yeah.
0: How many siblings do you have?
2: I have one brother. He's three years younger than me.
0: So you <laughs> grew up in the Seattle area pretty much your whole life after leaving Nevada?
2: Yep. All the way until college.
0: All the way until college. Fantastic. Um, yes. If you if you don't mind talking about high school a little bit, I am curious to know, like, what kind of things did you do in high school, like extracurriculars you were a part of um, or things like straight up outside of school that you were interested in that age range?
2: Yeah. um, High school was interesting. I was just really bad at school, but very good at like theater design, like stage design. Mm -hmm. I felt like I was bad at everything until I started doing that. And I happened to be very good at it. At least I thought it was very good at it. Mm. (laughs) And they're like, let me just run with it. So anything I designed, we would like build like just like uh, any production that we had. Sometimes if the production was bad and like the actors were bad, the lady in charge of production, Christy, she would just like focus all of her attention and budget on me. And like whatever I wanted to try, so That's awesome. even if no one could remember their line, she was like, "We'll just do more special effects, yeah. and it's the set's great. gonna more look, fog, look boss." Yeah.
0: That's fantastic. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, I got to paint like giant dinosaurs, and like I would skip class just to go like stand backstage and like work on things, quote unquote. Yeah, it was a very good time.
1: Somehow we were doing the exact same thing in high school.
2: That's so funny. <laughs> Yeah. 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 Skipping yeah, class, I, being bad at math, you know, exactly. theater. But like, yeah. I was too much of a goody two shoes to like skip class for no reason. Oh. So that was like, mm. that's how I got away with it. I, I had too much of an is this,
0: it. Is this high school where you met your best friend squad?
2: Absolutely not. No. <laughs> Came uh, after. I. One friend from high school I'm still really close close to, uh, and that's the one who I was in her wedding. Oh, great! Uh, last weekend. Yeah. And then outside of that, my friend Coleman, who worked backstage with me, I introduced him to his wife Kirsten, and we're still friends. But other than that, I really, I really don't talk to anybody from yeah, high school. Yeah, that's cut, okay.
0: Cut ties with that time of your yeah. life.
2: Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Cool.
0: Well, let's not let's talk about this the next phase then. And so will you tell me about where you went to college and what you studied?
2: Yeah. So I um I should tell the story of how I ended up there. I went to Western Kentucky University.
0: Oh, okay. Um, That's a curveball. I did not yes, expect.
2: Big curveball. I was on a bus, so I was working at a summer camp uh with some friends in Bellevue, Issaquah, Washington. Mm-hmm. And we decided to take a bus to Seattle one day and on our way home, there was a kid on the bus who was wearing a university of Kentucky t-shirt. And some of the friends I was with are from Kentucky. And they were like, Oh my God, we should talk to this guy. And cause I'm from Washington. I was like, we don't talk to strangers. You don't even let anyone <laughs> over to your house until you've known them for three years. Like, why would you do that? Right. Exactly. Um, but they like started this conversation, come to find out this kid was best friends with my friend, Emily, who was on the bus with me, her ex-boyfriend. Now, her now husband, but her ex-boyfriend at the time. And he was on the wrong bus going the wrong direction. It was the last bus of the night. And so we gave him a ride back to, we gave him a ride back to his apartment. And he told me about the photojournalism program at Western Kentucky University. Mm, And I loved photography in high school. And like, I thought it was the only thing I was good at, other than theater design. But I didn't like theater kids or yeah. most theater productions. Yeah. So us theater like, kids are kind of weird. Yeah, I was pretty weird too. But I was like, I don't know, there's too much singing. I don't know. <laughs> That's
0: fair. <laughs> too much singing.
2: But uh, so I, two years later, I ended up applying and going. I mean, the school doesn't have like, it's not a high bar to get in, mm-hmm. but the program's pretty tough. So, it had like a 94% acceptance rate. And, like, I went to community college for two years before going. And so, by that point, I was able to get enough scholarships that it was cheaper to go there than to stay in state in Washington. Um, wow,
0: that's awesome.
2: Yeah. So, and that was the best thing I could have ever done. I studied photojournalism for four years in Bowling Green, Kentucky, <laughs> met literally just some of the most incredible humans. Yeah, I don't, it was it was a wild time. It was just it was really tough. So, photojournalism is a pretty tough field to get into because there's just a lot of competition. There's not a lot of work mm-hmm. for a fair amount of people, mm-hmm. and so the program itself is pretty hard. And they they want to kind of wean people out. So we started with about a hundred students at the very beginning, and right. then we I graduated with the the largest class ever of eighteen students. Holy
0: crap! Wowzers! All and right. We,
2: Half of our class was like, we need to weed this down. Like, not of these people need to be in this room, yeah. but. <laughs> this is too many. Is fine. Wow. Yeah.
1: Over 10 is
2: a little, That's a little much.
0: An elite squad graduates from this program.
2: It was an interesting group. It was an interesting thing. And we've talked about, like, friends from the program talk about, like, the pros and cons of it. Like, yes, it trained us pretty well for what we do and made us pretty tough. Mm-hmm. but i think it made us maybe a little too tough in some ways <laughs> i oh, think it was interesting yeah.
0: yeah say more about that i'm curious
2: i mean you would like basically show up to class with something you put your heart and soul into every week and have it just ripped to shreds Oof. in a oh. room full of uh, full of people like your peers and sometimes that was by professionals like you'd go to conferences with like professional photojournalists and you'd sit down with them and you'd schedule like you know, 10 minutes for them to go through your portfolio of work that you've been collecting for four years and have them just like tear it up and like tell you what to do better. And a lot of people that was not like something they could emotionally deal with, which is fair, Mm -hmm. because I don't think you should be doing that to 20 year olds.
0: Yeah, that's pretty (laughs) intense.
2: But like, I loved it. I don't know. I don't know why I loved it. I think I'm still working through that. Like, that's probably not healthy for most people. But I had, um, a photographer who's now very canceled and we're very grateful for that. He like sat down and went, I sat down with him and he went, you're not going to cry. Are you? Oh, and I was like, no. And he goes, the girl before you cried. And it's my, one of my friends, like one of my close friends. And I was like, dang, dude,
1: I would have been so pissed. (laughs) Even if if I got to the point where I was going to cry, I would be like, I'm not freaking crying. I'm not going to no. do it. I'm going to do it later in the bathroom. Yeah. But like not now. Right. <laughs> yeah. I I laughed
2: through everything he said that was wrong. I laughed because I was like, well, yeah, like I'm very new at this. Of course I don't know what you know. Like I don't know why you're expecting me to know this. But okay. Wow.
0: Wow. So there is That's something fair. like that, but you you said that you not only handled it well, but you kind of is enjoyed it the right term or maybe just thrived on it like in general, do you just take criticism very well and very like I don't know evenly and objectively
2: I don't know I think at the time I did I think the first two years that I was there I didn't know if I would be good or not like I didn't feel like I was matching my peers in some ways and then Mm. I just had some kind of breakthrough and I figured out that like video is what I love and that's like what I'm good at because other people don't know what they're doing with it and I kind of excelled at that and so once I started excelling I was happy to take the criticism because there was, I knew my worth in it. So yeah. I didn't feel like, right. yeah.
0: And now you were just collecting criticism that was actually going to make you better instead of someone just being like, that is a bad photo. And for <laughs> these reasons, you know,
2: maybe. Yeah. 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 Like the last conference I went to, someone looked at my photography. She was like, I want to see your photography. And I was like, well, I never, I don't do that professionally, but I showed her and she was like, every photo is centered. And I was like, Oh, well, <laughs>
1: Don't tell me how to live. <laughs> oh,
0: well.
2: <laughs> Oops. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. I love that. Oh, well. Yeah. That's good. That's a good attitude. So college is where you met. Is this where you met the best friend yes. squad?
2: Fine. Oh, my gosh. Finally yes. gotten that right. Excellent. Lauren was, she lived in the same dorm as me, and um, we were in a class together, and I thought she was the grumpiest person i was like why don't you care about this class this is a journalism class we're in the journalism program mm. but like, she was like so grumpy about it and and then uh one day she's like do you have a microwave can i come over and <laughs> use your microwave i want to make popcorn oh my gosh <laughs> I was like, sure we, I, like ever since then we've been like best friends come on we, lauren buy a microwave
0: because of the microwave yeah. That's we've good. literally
2: been everywhere together we uh we took a trip our freshman year to florida uh we called it uh, 2015 treat yourself 2015 yeah. which may have spurred our spending problems um as That's adults huh. we've went to spain together we studied abroad in spain we're roommates there and our host mom um thought we broke our beds even they were just like the flimsiest <laughs> ikea children's beds and i'm six feet tall and then uh we went to pakistan together my senior year of college and she's gonna be here next week so We've just been everywhere. Fantastic. That's awesome.
0: Keep the party rolling. Yeah. Absolutely.
2: Yeah.
0: Wow. Um, I want to ask about the transition between high school and college. What do you think was, uh, the catalyst for like the attitude change between like not caring in high school and not like engaging or being a good student to like college is what you're on fire for.
2: So, I don't know. I still can't quite figure it out. I know that in high school I always did well in classes I cared about or was interested in. Mm -hmm. And when I graduated high school, the financial crisis had been happening and my parents couldn't afford to help me with college. And my dad actually had lost his job. So he went back to college at the Mm. same time as me. So we both kind of, we did the community college thing together and Mm. I like, while my peers were off studying and having fun in real colleges, as I thought of them, (laughs) I was like a community college. And it was very humbling, uh, but it was also like an incredible experience. The school was very interesting and very diverse and it was, it was massive. I think there were like 50,000 students.
0: Good. Um, That's yeah, that's huge.
2: But the pressure was really low there their expectations weren't super high to like be high achieving because you're just getting your associates. So there's not like, there's not like honors or anything like that. So I spent a lot of time. I just was, I was given two years to kind of do what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And I had so much flexibility because I was living with my parents. So I didn't have to pay rent. I didn't have to pay bills. I just worked my American Eagle part-time job (laughs) and hung out with friends and just like, had time to like figure myself out. And part of that was at the community college, they had a dark room and like a dark room photography class. Mm. And I spent so much time just like in the dark room doing yoga and being alone and like being in the zone with like art and what I loved. And like that, I think really pushed me towards wanting to be in photojournalism and just wanting to do well. And I ended up, I think I had like a 3.8, GPA when I graduated from community college.
0: Wow. Nice.
2: Yeah. And like part of that was just taking classes I wanted and not taking classes I didn't and not forcing myself to take math. Uh -uh. Yeah. 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 So then when I got to Western Kentucky, it was just easy to get into the grind of it. And yeah. And then scholarships like were an easy uh, encouragement to maintain grades.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I believe that. that. That is a very good motivator for sure. Yeah. So it was like, by the time you were in Kentucky, especially, it was, you were very much taking the classes you were there to take. It wasn't a bunch of gen eds that the school says you have to take and it it allowed you to be focused toward your goal.
2: Well, I see, I had an AA um, and then for whatever reason, Western Kentucky University didn't count almost any of the credits. So I basically had to have the full college experience again, including like English 101 and like. All of that.
0: That is very frustrating.
2: Yeah. But it's it's interesting because everyone I don't know, I feel like everyone being like eighteen, uh, and then me <laughs> being not eighteen. Right. Uh, my teachers loved me. Oh my professors loved me. Like to the point where were like a big kid. Yeah. I like could have a conversation and I would like engage in class and the other kids probably hated it because I was like, Oh, I will talk to the teacher. Yeah my history teacher from my freshman year of college like my senior year i'm leaving my apartment on halloween dressed to go to a party and he's trick-or-treating with his family and he sees me and he (laughs) runs across the street to say hi and i was like oh my god wow this is not the interaction i want but i appreciate the validation this is how
1: i feel when some of the like professors that worked at the college that oh well josh went there too but like the choir director from Rocky, he likes my stuff on Facebook sometimes. And I'm like, what's,
2: what's
0: happening? Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> I forgot you exist. But they're so proud of you. Like, so yeah. I, I interned in, this is, we'll get to this, but I interned in Costa Rica, my junior year of college or my, yeah, my junior year of college. And I was like a photography guide for this like travel company for high school students. And I still keep track of these kids because I'm like, oh, my God, they're graduating college. Like, I think the first one got engaged. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And like, they don't care about me at all. But yeah.
0: Wow. So you've been all over the place. Pakistan, Spain, Costa Rica. Any more to add to the list real quick?
2: I interned in Eastern Europe. So I lived in the Czech Republic. Of course you did. Um, (laughs) I went to Slovenia, Austria, Finland, Germany, Croatia, uh, Denmark, um, Costa Rica, Cuba. It might be easier to ask
1: where you haven't been.
2: Mexico. You haven't been to Mexico. Mexico. Okay. No, I'm still sad about that.
0: Man. Okay. So, so many questions about where you were going. Was this all related to school and like what eventually became your work?
2: Yeah. I mean, most of it. Yeah. So I interned in Costa Rica as a photographer and then I interned in the Czech Republic as a videographer for a missions organization called Josiah Venture. Mm -hmm. And then I went to Cuba with the same organization that I was working in Costa Rica with after graduating. So most of it was just school stuff. Pakistan was also initially to film a wedding. So Lauren and I are RA the year that she used my microwave. (laughs) <laughs> he made us sign a piece of notebook paper with a pencil saying that we would film his wedding oh my gosh someday wow. and then senior year of college he was like i'm getting married and you have to come to pakistan and we were just like yay Whoa. <laughs> like, are you paying for it <laughs> uh, he did yeah oh, he, he god. flew us there thank god But it was, it was the wildest trip. And it was two weeks before finals. And then I ended up coming home with hepatitis. What? (laughs) I drank a smoothie. His mom, his mom was like, let's go get smoothies. And I was like, yeah. Not thinking about, you know, tap water.
1: Oh. That's weird. (sighs) Tap, tap water.
2: (laughs) Best trip though. Such (laughs) a good trip. Even despite. Beside the hepatitis. It was great. (laughs) Incredible. (laughs) It was an incredible time.
0: That's Wow that's fantastic yeah. we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back to our conversation
1: why do you always talk like you're a radio talk jock
0: because I'm actually trying to make a career out of it one okay, day but so like,
1: you're, you're, you sound you sound like
0: could I'm you imagine August me
1: Clementine. could you
0: imagine me reading an ad for like the capital One saver cup
1: I have and, yeah,
0: yeah I could do it so since yeah, we're in but the middle here radio. We should say that we are no normal people. Wow.
1: We are no normal people. (laughs) If you didn't know by listening to the first half of the the episode, we are no normal people. (laughs) And we are a proud founding member of the Highline Network.
0: Nice. Which is the company that I started to help make this a career one day for me. So So we are in this network alongside shows like Ravel, Whiskey Bench, Into Author's Intent that's and mine. Keller's Couch.
1: Yeah, also Keller. And
0: couch. I think we should give people a little teaser. Give
1: them a little little sip
0: of what they could get at Author's Intent. Like
1: just a little, just like a little taste. Here you go. Just a little dip.
0: And have a teaser, if An appetizer, if you will. An Get into it.
1: No, that's into. Anyway, here's a teaser from our sister show, my sister, my show, Author's Intent. <laughs> There's just, there's just so much. There's just so much that's different. It's the same story in essence. It's like they boiled it down and they made a LaCroix, a Beauty and the Beast LaCroix. (laughs) Like they, the story is still somewhat present in the movies, but you're not going to get the full flavor of it unless you read it. Let's get back to our conversation.
0: So, one of my favorite questions to ask international travelers on the show is, what have you learned about Americans through the lens of the other cultures that you've spent time in?
2: I've learned we that, I'm all, we're we're loud.
0: <laughs>
2: I hear this we're all the time yes we're I mean, okay, so if you're looking from like a European perspective, we're loud. But not, I mean, some Europeans are louder than Americans. And I would say Pakistanis are louder than Americans. Mm -hmm. Um, Everyone Mm. in Pakistan thinks we're rich, even though my experience is I'm usually the brokest friend of the group. Mm, Okay. But it works out because the boys pay for everything. Mm. I don't know. I think we don't recognize how much our history has affected how we behave as individuals (laughs) and how much the history of other countries has affected how they behave as individuals. Right. So like in Slovenia, uh, for the last like 5,000 years, they've just been conquered and evaded, invaded and taken over and passed around. And now they, since the 90s, they've been their own country. Mm -hmm. But even the kids, they don't have like a hope for the future. Not that they're like, you know, all depressed, they're not, but they don't see the future as this like hopeful free future
1: mm.
2: because there's not really that expectation that it will continue to be that way Wow. versus wow. America. We just like expect it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I eat freedom for breakfast.
0: Wow. <laughs> Literally. That is, that is very insightful. I like that. Yeah. What has been your favorite place in your travels?
2: One that I would want any, anyone to visit would be Ireland. I took my mom there right before the pandemic. Yes. And Yes. That was an incredible experience, a beautiful place, really sweet people. But then for me the most special place is Pakistan, just because mm. some of my best friends live there and I like the biggest change periods in my life. I've spent time during during those periods like in Pakistan. Like right after graduating or right before graduating college. I was in Pakistan right after my internship with NPR when I didn't know what to do with my life and I had just moved home and didn't have a job I went to Pakistan and then Mm. right when I felt like settled as an adult and like working regularly and um, whatever I got to go see one of my best friends get married in Pakistan so it's like a special place for me and I get to go see life happen there right it's not like tourism it's like getting to go see snippets of my friends grow
1: up. Right. It's like going to visit like a relative in like a different state, yeah. but like it's a different country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly.
0: Wow. Yeah. And highlighting the difference between the tourist lens and like getting to be in- embedded in some type of like everyday community. Totally. I love that. Yeah. That's very good. I can't breeze past the NPR internship. Um, <laughs> I want to talk about that, please.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Totally. So, I should preface it with NPR was like a thing that friends had done in the past. They had, I had friends who had interned, I had friends who had run the tiny desk. That's and I was so like, cool. I really want to do that. That's I was so like, I cool. really, really, really want to intern there. And I applied and interviewed my senior year. All the way to the final round and I didn't get it the guy who got it knew how to animate and that's why they gave it to him oh, so what my last semester of my <laughs> so the last semester of my senior year while I'm working on my capstone project I taught myself how to animate for it yeah and I was like I need it's not like great but it, you know I, I can did it. do it, it.
0: It's passable. <laughs> <Yeah>. right
2: <laughs> so I applied that summer for the fall and I got it and I ended up going September 2017. And I interned for Jazz Night in America, mm. which is like a video and radio series um, about jazz. Mm-hmm. And then also filmed Tiny Desk Concerts. So I filmed and edited 50. I didn't edit 50, but like I filmed 50 Tiny Desk Concerts. Wow.
0: That's so good. Yeah. That's so, wow.
2: <laughs>
0: That's very fun. I've I, I've definitely seen a handful of those on your website at this point. And, uh,
2: yeah. I tried to put ones that people would be drawn to.
0: Well, the hedgehog one, let's talk about the hedgehog one.
2: Oh yeah, so my like time at NPR culminated in the hedgehog project. I ended up staying on <laughs> as like an employee for like they tr- they transferred me over to contract or not contract as a temp. And I stayed there and I like like helped with the promo for the tiny desk contest that hmm. year and I built an apartment, hedgehog sized apartment. So I had to research how big what? a hedgehog and then, like, I did a scaled like couch that I built, yeah. and a dining table. The whole the whole shebang, like a whole apartment. Had our animation intern make us um, some posters for the apartment for, the, for band posters mm-hmm. that were like hedgehog themed. Um, <laughs> And basically, the hedgehog, like, one of them has a dream that he wins the Tiny Desk concert, and then he wakes up, and his roommates, like, gaslight him over it. They're like, you can't oh, win. No. You're a hedgehog. You have to be 21 to enter. Oh, it's I didn't, great. It's I didn't great. realize
1: hedgehog, hedgehog was an
0: age.
2: <laughs> well, so, humans have to be t- 21 to enter the contest, and oh, that was gotcha, the, the gotcha, point. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Hedgehogs can't enter, because they, they're not 21. That's right.
0: fair. That's funny. Yeah.
2: That's good. I'd yeah.
1: like to meet a 21-year-old hedgehog, though. That would be interesting. Oh, my
2: God. I don't know if would are the meanest. we're not very nice
0: i love the uh i love the collision now between like the videography and uh the editing work and also like set design from high school yeah right like
1: tiny sets
0: that's so cool yeah in which uh npr offices were you based out of while you were there
2: i was at the dc one so okay headquarters Mm -hmm. right in noma in dc
0: right Wow. So that's what got you to DC after that. I mean, like this is always a difficult question for me, but like, what do you, what do you think the major movements of your life are between graduating high school, doing the NPR thing and, uh, what gets you back to Seattle today?
2: Well, so high school, and then after being in community college for two years, I just wanted away from the Northwest. Mm -hmm. I wanted to go anywhere. I didn't care where so that was a lot of what spurred me to move east to Kentucky. And then after graduation from Kentucky, it was a natural move to D.C. In the Northeast in general, there's a lot of work available. Most of my friends ended up ended up there after college. So anytime I go visit like New York or Washington, D.C., I have like 20 people to visit. <laughs>
0: like it just, nice.
2: It's so easy to just be there. Yeah. But basically, I... Visited home once, I think, while I was interning. I flew home for Thanksgiving, and it took me a full day just to get home. And Whoa. I realized that, like, if I ever want to travel again, if I ever want to see my friends and family, I have to spend a lot of time. I have to like be very particular about like how I do it, mm-hmm. and it is just like a very big investment of time and money and um, whatever just to like come back. So. I decided i wanted to figure out freelancing from washington and maybe finding a job which my friend justin and i have talked about a lot and he's one of my best friends too but he he and i have talked about how you just need to choose where you want to live and you figure it out from there even if it's harder like a lot of our photo program we were taught that you you go where the job is it doesn't right. matter if you have to go to sioux falls whatever it does it doesn't matter if you have to go to like tiny town in minnesota you just you go where the job is, and even if you're miserable, you have to do it in order to work up the ladder to be where you want to be.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. But we've
2: just seen so many people be so unhappy. And then like most of my friends from college who like we, I graduated with have gotten jobs and been laid off. And we've only been out of college three years. Wow. So, wow. so I made the choice to just move to Seattle and figure it out. And it was rough at first. I really didn't get a lot of freelance work my first year, but then I eventually connected with um, this awesome woman, like she's just a, she's literally a superhero. Her name is Erin. She and her husband created the Bill Nye the Science Guy TV show. What? Fantastic. Um,
0: okay, love that. And I'm sorry. She, what? That's, that's big hype.
2: Big <laughs> hype. I do have to give my my own mom credit. She was a notary. She became a notary. I think as a hobby because um, she loves people. She's more of an extrovert than I am. That's so. a wow. very Jerry Gergich thing
1: yeah, to do. Dude.
2: <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. You know what? My of mom. Becoming a- a My mom might be the female G- Jerry Gergich. She <laughs> might be.
1: Sorry, That's so good. We mean that in the way. best way. Of Sorry, course. Sorry, Jerry, Terry, Gary, Larry, Gergich. She's never
2: Gengar. seen it. I don't think she's ever seen Parks and Rec. <sighs> um, but Great. yeah, never so let her watch it. <laughs> no, I. Uh, she she was a notary, and she like was this woman's notary, and and she was asking her what she does, and she was telling this lady that like. I just moved back to Seattle, had interned at NPR. She was like, well, you need to get her in contact with me. And I was like, oh my God, mom, I don't want to like meet this lady that you like randomly met and harassed. (laughs) But then I like,
0: stop harassing people, mom. Moms do that.
2: (laughs) They do. Uh, And so then I like went and met with this lady and she was working at Microsoft and she still is, but she's just so cool. She's, she's the coolest and she loves me. And like, we like work together on Microsoft projects. I ended up working with her on a documentary um that recently won a local emmy. Wow. Jeez. And she's just awesome. So that like is what got me through up to the pandemic basically. Wow. And then the pandemic was another big shift because I felt like I had my feet under me with freelance work mm-hmm. um which is tricky to do. And then I was basically filming conferences for Microsoft and then there were no conferences. So didn't have any work anymore right i ended up spending most of 2020 just hiking Mm. right yeah so i hiked 800 miles between may 2020 and december like the end of december crap
0: good work
2: i hated hiking before but it was free and
1: (laughs) free activities (laughs)
2: Yeah. It was really cool. And ended up being really cool.
0: Yeah. And you live in a beautiful place in the country to go hiking.
2: Oh my God. Yeah. I literally like, I can't imagine what I would have done in the pandemic without living in just like nature world.
0: Yeah. Where are your favorite spots to go now that you, I assume you've been all over the place. You've learned a lot about your state
2: yeah so i didn't actually know that we had more than two mountains um which (laughs) is embarrassing to admit but uh my favorite hike is this one called heather maple pass loop in the north cascades and it is just like you start out in the forest forest and you just like slowly climb and climb and climb and climb and then like every like mile you go it just gets more and more beautiful until you're like above the tree line and you're like in alpine you're like in subalpine territory. So it's like 7,000 feet up and you're dying because you can't breathe, but it's beautiful.
0: That's awesome.
2: The best thing I've ever seen. Um, no, not the best thing I've ever seen, but the, the least deadly trail that also (laughs) has an incredible view. Right.
0: Well, that sounded like it just set up a story.
2: (laughs) Okay. So last (laughs) summer, my friend Creeble, who's also a college friend who ended up moving here, she ended up moving two blocks away from me which like we were, uh, we were like friendly in college, but now we're like friend friends. Nice. And so she, she was like, come hiking with my fiance and I, it'll be great. And I was like, awesome. Had all the things I needed, sunscreen, water, food, everything, like was ready to go. We get there, we start hiking and it's pretty tough, but um, we get to like where we thought we were finishing for the day, this one place called Rampart Lakes. And we were like, wow, this is beautiful. We like laid in the snow in July. Mm-hmm. It felt amazing. Mm-hmm. And it um and then her fiance goes, Oh, there's like a really nice viewpoint. It's only a mile away. It's really beautiful. You think you guys will like it? Mind you, he's like super adventure boy. He's been mm-hmm. like mountain climbing since he was like a like in the uterus. And
0: <laughs> nice, right? And,
2: That's impressive. We like we start doing this trail and it's just like vertical, basically. There's more climbing than hiking happening. No. Oh man! And I have a fear of heights, but every time we get to something that's terrifying and I'm like ready to like turn around, he goes, "Oh, this is the worst part. It's totally fine. It gets easy after this. It's like nothing after this." Mm. What's his name? And we, his name's Brian. Freaking Brian's. Freaking Brian. Am I right? Still oh God, Brian we like keep going and keep going and then and then there are parts where there's like ice patches and i don't have like shoe chains or anything and on either side of you like if you slip on this ice patch you will fall to your death <laughs> Eesh. Oof. and oh my god i was like i was so stressed it was so beautiful you could see the bottom of mount rainier and we were like nowhere near. <laughs> nowhere near so it was like you could see the whole like cascade mountain range when you got up to, like, the higher parts of this trail. But it was, like, there were so many false peaks. So every time you thought you were at the end, Creeble and I would be like, yes. And then there'd be people who were like, nope, it's over there. And then they'd point and be, like, way, way far away. (sighs) Dang it, Brian. Yeah. Come on. And basically, like, she and I both ran out of water. Um, We still had seven miles to go back. Oh, no. But we, like, ran out of water, ran out of food. And then we get to... We literally get to the summit, and I'm, like, at the bottom. I'm 50 feet from the summit. I'm on my hands and knees. Like, there's, like, nothing. There's, there's like, maybe three inches of space beside me to my left, and then it's just, like, sheer drop-off. Oh. And the, the the climb to the summit is a scramble with just, like, shale. Oh. Nope. Mm-mm. And I, oh, like... my. I tried to cry, but I was so dehydrated oh, that I my. couldn't... <laughs> I couldn't cry. And I turn to Creeble and I go, can I be done now? She goes, yes, I would like to also be done. And <laughs> she does this stuff all the time. But she was like, that was the sketchiest hike I have ever been on. Thanks, Brian. Oh, my. Yeah, so we found a rock that we could, like, lean up against, and I had an apple, and so we just, like, sat against the rock, and we both had apples, and we just ate our apples and, like, thought about our existence and how we had to go back down. Yeah, and yeah. It's like, All we can the, just die the, here. Right, well, <laughs> even the way down, we were like, oh my god, like, I didn't know how to go down things that steep, and uh, I, like, butt slid most of the way, but I didn't rip my pants. Creble ripped her pants. Oh, um,
0: hate to see it.
2: I know, I know. And then uh, Brian at one point goes, can I take your poles from you? Because I had hiking poles. And I said, no, Brian, you can take my life.
1: <laughs> oh my <gosh>. Yeah, Brian.
2: <laughs> it's only one more mile. It's, this is the
1: hardest part. Shut up, You're Brian.
0: <laughs> my my hands started sweating during certain points of that story, and I'm sitting very comfortably in my armchair. I, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have the that same was, experience that watching that Alex Honnold movie of free soloing el cap mm-hmm. oh, God. that
2: i can't watch that no. it's,
0: uh,
1: it, like i know he lives but it's I, still, I like cold
0: sweat through that entire film it was gross it's
2: not good
0: wow okay so the pandemic happens and we're finally coming out of it are you getting back into the swing of like freelance life so
2: i actually got my first full-time job
0: outside of freelance now
2: Yes, I work in the corporate world. I make videos and run social media for Dairy Gold, oh, a wow. milk company. Right on.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: Yeah. So it's I've spent a lot of time on farms and oh, hanging this out with farmers. Is, this is
0: the cow photo shoot that yeah. was happening. Yes. I see.
2: Now I'm going to go follow Dairy Gold. I'm doing, I mean, most of what we do is on sustainability. Yeah. Um, the company has like a pledge to be carbon neutral by 2050. So it's been just very interesting to learn about just some really interesting stuff about like how methane, how they're like, like sequestering carbon in the soil and using worms to like compost and all kinds of stuff about mostly cow poop, I would say. Yeah, those cow farts, (laughs)
0: those cow cow poops.
2: Yeah, just a lot of like really cool things about how farmers are trying to change farming.
0: Right. Right. That's cool. So with, I mean, that was a ton of biography. Now I'm, I'm curious to ask, like my favorite question of the, of the podcast is something along the lines of what are you passionate about or what do you think and talk about when you have nothing else to think and talk about?
2: I think I I talk, especially with friends who aren't Christians. I talk about the ways that the American church is problematic. I talk a lot (laughs) about um, Christian nationalism. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a really cheery topic. It's but, one of my favorite topics yeah I think it's like definitely something that over the last few years has just been really important to me mm. and really important yeah in understanding what I believe and how it's different than what I was taught
0: uh, yeah uh did you grow up in church
2: yeah my parents were very involved in like the Jesus what is it called
0: Oh, the Jesus movement—the seventies. The Jesus movement, the Jesus yeah. Thing, they w- right.
2: They were all about late great planet Earth, and they were a part of the original Calvary Chapel group that met in a garage in Whoa, California. Wow. Um, wow. So, like, we went to church and stuff, but like a lot of it was very much centered around the end times. Even though our churches were never really centered around that, but like a lot of my childhood was centered around that, and so that's just been a huge part of my journey. And mm-hmm. like deconstructing that and realizing that that is a little bit of a uh, sense. <laughs> right. Yeah.
0: Do you remember the thing that like that kicked off the whole, I mean, I know deconstruction is kind of some people consider it a buzzword or whatever. I don't care personally. Yeah. But do you remember the, like the first thing that you kind of started having questions about or wondering about that kind of kicked it all off? Cause for me, I remember it was me rethinking theologies of hell that pretty much dominoed into pretty much everything I believe today Mm -hmm. started because I was like, what if hell isn't like I was taught?
2: (laughs) I think, yeah, I don't know. I realized that there was just a lot of dissonance between like what my parents said they believed and like how they acted. And, Mm. um, I noticed that my church mostly wanted to talk about, sex. (laughs) Like, I feel like youth group is just obsessed with it. And (laughs) it like was less to do, like God was less to do with, with who he is as God. And it was more about, if you're good, you will have a a love story and you won't be alone forever. Wow. And that's like how it felt as a girl, at least in the church. (laughs) And I realized, you know, like, like CS Lewis, what I my favorite book of all time is a grief observed. Mm -hmm. And it's an easy read, 70 pages. You can read it in two hours if you're me. And he says, if your faith is a house of cards, it's not a faith at all or something like that. Like he talks about how mm-hmm. like God will just like blow over your faith if it's mm. just made of paper. Wow. Right. Yeah. And I realized that like so much of what I believed was just trying to appease the sky being to make sure that I wouldn't die alone. Oh, and- <laughs> man. Yeah. I I think... Once I realized that, like, my reasons for believing in God weren't the point of the religion, Mm. I pretty much was like, well, then I'm not a Christian, so I need to reevaluate. And I went off to college and did my own thing and didn't really think about it, because I grew up in Christian school and in church. And uh, I knew the Bible, but I didn't know it, you know, Mm -hmm. like, I knew the words, but I didn't, they didn't reflect. yeah yeah. right yep yeah so now i'm in a place where i'm like you know who is god what is he and who what is the church and what do they say and like do those intersect at all Mm. and oftentimes they don't i don't think Mm. but i also think i really am a firm believer that like no one has a pure intention totally it sounds really dark but it's like we're humans like we just like even if like you're the most giving person like someone puts your name on a building and you probably glow a little bit with pride. Mm. Wow.
0: Yeah. Kind of so. highlighting that, that aspect of like, we all naturally pursue our own self interest.
2: Right. And I think the church does that too, just in a larger context. And so there's not that it's not, there's no value in it.
0: Yeah. But where, but the, the question really becomes like, how aware of it are you, you know, like, are you aware of the right. fact that you feel really good when you donate like a thousand dollars to your favorite local charity or are you like trying to stuff that and be like no it's it's really nothing to do with me you know like right you know you hear the phrase like all glory to god you know except
1: for that 10 (laughs) percent, that's for steven
0: right or like or like tim tebow being like (laughs) man it wasn't me it was it was all God no, out wasn't. on the field tonight, and it's God's like, dude, meat
1: body was not out, was not out on the field. That was Tim Tebow,
0: right? Like you can be okay <laughs> with being a good athlete. Like you don't have to like constantly. Almost it's yeah. it's almost like trying to not just humble yourself but humiliate yourself. That's what it comes across right. to me like. Yeah, you know.
1: Right. Well, that and if you if you put if you put all of everything on God, if you mess up. You can say, "Well, it's God's fault it was too. all
2: God. It was mm. all God." Right? You know, like right. that's
1: not how that freaking works.
2: As I like <laughs> to say, I don't think God cares that much about some stuff. Like, like yeah, I was no. talking, I was, I made a joke to my boss because I found my apartment and like moved in very quickly. And I made a joke. I was like, yeah, I manifested it. And and I was like, I don't believe in manifestation. She's like, well, I don't know. Maybe there's something to it. And I was like, I mean, I believe in God, but I don't think he cares what apartment I move into. Yeah. Usually. Maybe sometimes, but... Like, I just don't, I don't know that he's concerned about that. He's like, you'll figure, like, I made you smart. You'll figure it out. I don't think he cares about the Super Bowl, Tim. Right. Like. Right. Yeah. (laughs) We have a, there's an athlete on the Seahawks who I don't think I'll, one, I can't remember his name, but two, I shouldn't name him because last time I said this, someone got mad at me, but he'll just like tweet during games, Jesus, like all caps. Like that's his, like him being Mm, like, mm. I don't like, I don't know. I'm like, What? Are you saying? What is your just brand, context, man? Yeah, crazy. you have to be careful
1: right. in Seattle. Just like on the sidelines, don't don't like, bash any of the
2: Seahawks. <laughs> they get jumped. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna call the. He's gonna call Angels down yeah. to like fight you on the field for real.
0: Right. Apparently. Oh my gosh. Would you? Wild. Would you put anything under this? uh This question of like passions or what? Like I guess another way to phrase it because this is kind of how I think about podcasts and like why I'm always talking about them is it's almost like a, an obsession. Are you just like super fired up on anything else? Or are you having a lot of like, not bummer conversations, but a lot of heavy conversations about church all the time.
2: (laughs) Are you just bummed all the time? I'm not having, definitely not. I love, let's see. I love like fashion and art. Mm hmm. Mm. I love my nails. I will spend a hundred dollars to get my nails done and make them look really freaking cool. That's Mm. the treat
0: yourself 2015 right there.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. But they like (laughs) are, they're such a good conversation starter too. Mm -hmm. Wow. And people in Washington are so into their like monotone colors and outfits and stuff and they just don't do anything fun. And like, I'm like, why, like, why not? Mm. No one cares if, if anything you'll get complimented. Yeah. And like, I've had a lot of friends go, I wish I could wear that. And I'm like, what? What's stopping you? Right. Yeah. Like you are a human with skin and you too can wear clothes (laughs) of any type, you know? Wow.
0: Do you think the whole like minimalism thing caught on really heavy? And that's why a lot of people are kind of like monotone, grays, blacks, whites, all that.
2: Maybe. I think part of it is that raincoats just Mm -hmm. didn't come in fun colors until later. Um, Oh, that's very fair. Everyone just wears a lot of, gray but yeah maybe josh is definitely a minimalist and i appreciate that it's teaching me some good things about like i can enjoy the art on my walls even if there isn't Mm -hmm. 700 things on my walls right yep yeah Um, story of our
1: life
0: Mm, very good into art fashion
1: getting your nails did
0: what do you like to do i i always feel like hobby is a really weird word for what it describes but what kind of things do you do for fun that occupy time?
2: Oh, man. Well, hiking was big last year. I don't yeah. have as much time to hike this year because I work Monday to Friday and I like refuse to hike on weekends for the most part. Because
0: like, <laughs> everyone is hiking on the weekends.
2: Right. Unless you're going to drive three or four hours away, you're not going to find a trail that isn't crowded. Right. So yep. It just isn't worth it. I've been making a lot of pasta nice. at home. Mm. That's been cool.
0: No shrimp, though, with that pasta. Bummer. Mm -hmm. No.
2: No. Rest in peace.
0: Um, (laughs) R.I.P. Shrimpies.
2: Shrimp in peace. (laughs) Well, actually, I'm saving the shrimp. So, yeah, you are.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Just reducing demand.
2: You know, kill a tree, save a shrimp. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There are probably like 12 shrimp out there that lived because I didn't want them. Yeah, exactly.
0: There you go. You're welcome, shrimp. So, making pasta, that also factors in with the Italian food that you would call your favorite.
2: And then just like hosting people like I that's why I moved into a place by myself was so that I could like now that the pandemic is better so that I can have people over and Mm -hmm. have people over for brunch or whatever, or to stay like I have a friend who comes and stays on weekends. Sometimes Mm -hmm. my friend Lauren is spending two weeks with me starting Mm -hmm. this week. Excellent. And like, I'm so excited.
0: That's that's the extrovert right there.
2: Yeah. That's my nightmare.
1: <laughs> That's my I'm like, come over, but like you're leaving in like an hour, right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> um Do you like to follow any particular morning or evening routines? Are you kind of like a a habit person?
2: Yes, I have to. Um, this is not a Jordan Peterson thing. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, but I make my bed in the morning yeah. because it just feels good to get into when I get home. Not so much for the routine it sets, and then I have to make my coffee. Or buy it, you know, whatever, whatever the mood is. And I don't know, I need some time before I work. Like I can't just like wake up and go. Mm -hmm. I have to like have a minute for me. I have a puzzle that I work on like every night Mm. and I switch through, like I have a dining table, but most of the reason I bought a dining table was for puzzles. That's
0: That's so So good. I love that. (laughs)
2: I'm I'm working on a Frida Kahlo puzzle right now that I bought last weekend, but I'm almost done with it. So I think I'm going to go buy another one today. Nice. Um, there's like a bookshop up the street right. me, So it's so I just like wander up yeah <laughs> I don't know what this week will be we'll find out yeah,
1: puzzle, yeah. yeah. Is about and puzzle.
2: the tiktok I think tiktok is how I end most days god right. I watch
1: tiktok so much <laughs> <laughs> it's a problem him. I didn't follow Josh for a really long time but he would pop up on my for you page all the time and I'd be like Josh Stop. but I wouldn't follow him <laughs> I think I'm following him now. That's
2: all. That's fine. It's fine. He's got a lot of videos on yeah, there. <laughs> he, puts, he puts a lot of effort into it. And yeah. I appreciate that.
1: What a nerd. Yeah.
0: yeah. So good. Well, so at least uh, for some closing questions here, because we are nearing the end of our time, we are curious to ask what you're currently reading.
2: I have been reading the same book for a while because I got a new job and I don't know how to be an adult and like have free time. <laughs> Mm, Um, but mm. it's this murder mystery. Hold on. I have the cover. It's called the Thursday murder club. And it's about like this, like old folks home and all the old people are like basically finagle the cops in the town to let them solve a murder. It's very funny. Yeah.
0: A funny murder mystery. Those are my
1: favorite. That's good. When murder (laughs) is funny. Oh my God.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What are you currently watching? Like shows you're in the middle of, or YouTubes you're really into?
2: I just finished the new season of Handmaid's Tale and Bridgerton. Yes. Um, Bridgerton? I was surprised. I was very happily surprised. And then Bridgerton? I'm always on the edge. Yeah, for Bridgerton. That's. Handmaid's Tale is expected to surprise, but always on the edge of my seat waiting for another season of Westworld.
0: Mm, Yeah. Classics. Yes. Very good. Mm -hmm. What are you currently listening to? Let's start with music. What do you jam oh when you open like apple music or spotify or something
2: so lately i've been on well for the last like two years i've been in an abba kick but on my way to work huh. i've like jammed to chica Tita by mm. abba on the freeway because it's just so boring yep. to be on the freeway <laughs> and billy joel of course a lot of my music is stuck in the 70s, but wow. I can appreciate Olivia Rodrigo too. Oh, so.
1: yes. There
2: you go. I a little balance.
1: I've just been getting into Sour and I uh, don't yeah. think I'll escape anytime soon.
2: Yeah, there's a little bit of like a, a 90s girl rock edge yeah, to it that I really real? appreciate.
0: <laughs> these are good yeah. choices. Mm-hmm. I love these.
2: Also, Doja Cat. I have to say Doja Cat. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Make sure that's there.
0: Right. What about podcasts shows you're digging right now
2: oh man well no normal people um hey i know them it's really great you should check it out very into this one called sway by the new york times um Hmm. it's an interview podcast that uh, is hosted by kara swisher (laughs) she's awesome she'll interview everybody like you know how people say they're like I love Joe Rogan because he interviews everybody. Yeah. But like this girl will grill everybody. Yes. Like she will find what she doesn't like or what like is problematic and she will like make them answer her about it. And she'll uh. like give them the floor but she will push them. So she interviewed Guy Fieri about ghost kitchens, which was very interesting. <laughs> Chelsea Handler about problematic comedy from her past and what she's doing now. Yeah, hmm. Dr. Thank Fauci. You. Yeah, no, it's really interesting. She interviewed Elon Musk. I haven't gotten to that one. He makes me mad. That's Um, fair.
0: (laughs) I bet he doesn't smoke weed on that show.
2: (laughs) I I don't think so, no. He probably won't
1: on any other show ever again.
2: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I don't know. You don't know that guy. He does what he wants. Yeah. And then Rise and Fall of Mars Hill is one of my favorites right now. I I went to Mars Hill in that period of time between high school and college. Oh, wow. kentucky college yeah and that was like right around the time that things kind of fell apart so it's been a good it's good i just can't listen to it when i'm like out in public i've realized because i have like little like moments of like remembering repressed memories <laughs> and i'm like oh Ugh. no
0: <laughs> yeah yeah i
2: need to go lie on the floor and think about my life
0: oh my gosh elise <laughs> thank you so much for being on the show this has been a blast would you tell everyone listening where they could connect with you, anywhere online that you want to share?
2: Yeah, you can find me uh, on Instagram or Twitter. I think at Elise the young. And that's good. Don't add me on Facebook cuz I don't use it. Sure. And on mm. my website eliseyoung.com.
0: Fantastic.
1: And the Dairy Gold
2: Instagram. <laughs> oh yeah, Dairy Gold Instagram, Dairy Gold TikTok. Is my um, personal love child, I... Oh, no, I'm going to go follow it. I created that.
0: Oh, fantastic. Um, would you close the podcast out by reading our favorite quote?
2: Sure. The only normal people you know are the ones you don't know very well.
1: Thank you for joining us. You can follow the Hennings on Instagram and Twitter at Stephen G. Henning and at Dixie Lee Henning. Our theme music is composed and performed by Stephen and Dixie Henning and was recorded, mixed, and mastered by Austin Smith.
0: Our artwork is designed by Dixie Lee Henning. Find more of her work at DixieLeeDraws.com, at DixieLeeDraws on both Instagram and TikTok, and at DrawsDixie on Twitter.
1: My name is Dixie Lee Henning, and this is Author's Intent. You know how you have friends, and sometimes those friends are like, hey, have you seen this movie? And then you're like, well, I I think the book's better. And then you guys get into an argument, and then you stop being friends because of their totally wrong opinions. Well, I liked that feeling so much that I decided to make a podcast about it. So I put in the work, I read the books, I watch the movies, and I tell you the differences between the two. And, you know, you can still be friends with that with that friend who thinks that the Hobbit movies are good. They're not. They're not good. But you can stay friends. I'm essentially a mediator in the friend space. You know, I'm here so that you can stay friends with those people despite their horrible opinions about books and movies. So, you're welcome. Highline Media Network. Normal people in normal places.